Good morning, everyone. Today's share should again, once again, be for a full shlemah for those who are across all holy soil, but especially those who are uh, who are wounded in the matzav there. And Hashem should return the in the schos of our learning. Hashem should return all the chatufim quickly and unharmed, safe into their homes. And Hashem should continue to watch over achayelim, chayelot, and all those people in Eretz Yisrael who are undergoing. Uh, uh, trials and tribulations now. Okay, and for all Holy Israel. Okay, so now we are on Yutas Amar Aleph, the very last uh, five lines from the bottom. Just finishing up the sugya of <coughs> of uh, mourners, uh, those who are attending Levios, and what do we do um, as far as uh, Kriya Shema and so on and so forth. So the Gemara says, Kavru Es So we are the last two words and the five lines from the bottom. After they bury the mace, then you have to form these two lines, where the um, where the Avel walks through and uh, you, you give him divrei nechama, you give him words of consolation. So the Gemara says, So if before it's your turn to say something, in other words, you form these two lines, and the Avel is going to walk now after the Kavur is going to walk through. If before it's your turn to say some divrei nechama to the Avel, you're able to finish all of Shema, then you should go and start Shema. But if you're only going to say, have time, before it's your turn to give your words of consolation, you're only going to have time to say either Shema Yisrael or the first paragraph of Hafta, better not to start. The Gemara says, but we have an apparent contradiction, or Minu. We have also a price that says, cover us a mace, once they bury the mace, the Chazru, and then they go back now to form this line. <coughs> You should go ahead and stop. You should start. So I don't understand. Is it only if you could finish the entire Shema, which is implied by our Mishnah? Or we have a Brisa that suggests, even if you have time to say one Pasuk or one Perak, <coughs> you should start. Which is it? If you have, only if you could do part of it, or only if you could do the whole thing. So, No, what it really means to say is they really agree to each other. With each other, when it says you can finish it, it doesn't mean the whole Shema. It means either the first pasuk or the first parak. As long as you have time to finish the first parak or the first pasuk, that alone suffices, and you should go ahead and start. Turn the daf, please. The Gemara continues. Just the last couple uh, lines regarding to this aspect of the Mishnah by in the by the in the cemetery. Where it says Omdim Mishura. So now you have. Let's say you have multiple lines. It's a a lot of people came to pay respects to the mace, and you're going to have you're going to have more than just one line. There's going to be a few layers back. There's so many people in attendance to uh, to fulfill the mitzvah of Levi mace that you have people on the front lines, people on the back lines, and presumably the people on the back lines who are not up front are not going to be able to meet directly with the avel, and they're not going to say they have a chance to say their divrei nechama right to the to the divrei avel. They're just going to be part of the to show kavod to the mace and to the avel, but they're not actually going to go ahead and be able to verbalize because they're three, four, five rows back. So the Gemara says, Tonarabanon, Shura Harora Pinima Pitura. The innermost line, those who are for sure going to have access, face-to-face uh, interaction with the Avel, are potter from saying Kriyashma, because they're going to have to say Divrei Tanchumim. That's a mitzvah itself. Visha'ena roa pinima. But if those who are, let's say, the third, second, third, fourth, fifth rows, they're not going to have a chance to say their Divrei Nechama to the Avel. Chayeves. They are obligated to say Kriyashma. The Gemara says, Rabbi Huda, Omer, Haboin, Machmas, Avel. Peturin, Machmas Atzman Chayavin. Rabbi Huda throws in a little bit of a monkey wrench here, and he says as follows Those who are coming specifically because they are curious to see who's this person that he have 200, a procession of 200 people following the hearse. Must be an important person. Let me just go 
uh, satiate my own curiosity, I'll just go and I'll, I'll see who, they're, who, they're, um, who the funeral belongs to. But, so if you're just coming, if you're coming to actually, because you know the Avel, and you want to give him and your shoulder will be one that he recognizes and will lean on, so it's personal, then you're Potter. But if you're coming, you're just curious, you want to see what's going on, then you're Chayif to say Kriya Shema. The question is, the question is now, is Rabbi Huda coming to expand or to limit? Meaning, Rabbi Huda says, if you're coming for the Avel, Avel's sake, then you're Potter from Kriya Shema. If you're coming for your own curiosity, you're Chayif. That's the question. Is he talking about to the first line? Let's say you're on the first line, but you're still coming just for your own personal curiosity. Is he referring to then you would be, you have to say Kriya Shema, even though you're on the first line, that would be limiting it? Or is he expanded it, even if you're on the back line, where we just said that you don't, you're Chayf say Kriya Shema, but if you're on the back line, but you came for the purpose of the Avel, you would still be part of Kriya Shema. The Gemara is not sure. It's unclear as to what, if he's coming to limit or expand. Okay. Now, is there an union of if you're too close to the Kaver, it's lowering the Rosh? Lowering the Rosh by saying Kriya Shema. So typically you're more than four hours away. Okay. Typically four hours away, but good question. So, okay. So, so, uh, sure. This might, this might be an edge case. Please. Rob Kanavinsky passes away. You have thousands of people that are at right. the funeral. He has it in a circle of people who knew him well. Right. Everyone else that showed up, maybe you got a bracha from him, maybe you didn't. What, what, what do you do then? So again, based on the simple line of the Gemara, those who are going to have access to the, everyone's paying the respects of Chaim right. Kanievsky. But the question is to the to his children, to his Avel, to the Avelim. Right. If you're going to have direct interaction, and we're going to say something to him, then you be part of from Kriyat Everyone else, if you're not in that inner circle and you're you twelve have, rows you, back, you have to say Kriyat okay. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to start a fascinating topic. I know Jack doesn't like when I differentiate between fascinating and not fascinating, <laughs> but despite that, this is a fascinating topic, and that is when human dignity, when Kavod Abrios clashes with a mitzvah. When Kavod Abrios is in direct contradiction to a mitzvah, human dignity, or Kavod HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which wins out? So let's see. Fascinating cases, and there's plenty of cases that we're going to discuss in unbelievable Shiloh that was asked to a Rav that, who couldn't answer it, and he passed it on to the No to Yehuda. We're going to see that in a few minutes. So the Gemara starts. Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Rav. Okay, so the Gemara starts now as follows. Hamotzi Kilayim Bevigdo. Someone all of a sudden notices... While he's at work, and he's in, he goes to uh, the cafeteria <clears throat> during lunch to buy, he's in a big corporate building, and he realizes that, oh my God, I'm wearing a Yugo Boss, which by the way, very often has shotness, and I didn't check it, I'm like, I'm wearing shotness. Posht on a bashok. he has to disrobe even in a public place, even when he's going to cause him a little bit of embarrassment, he must take off his pants and his jacket, assuming he's wearing boxers underneath, we'll give him benefit of the doubt. Um, or briefs. Yeah, you know, as I'm saying, you have to take out both, of course. A poshna filo bashuk. It happens to be that they're usually under the collar, by the way, is the most common place. But anyway, poshna filo bashuk. Also, you have to be careful with the jackets when there is have a lot of padding in it. Yeah, correct. So, my time, what is the reason a person has to go ahead and disrobe? Why should we embarrass him? The Pasuk says, in chachma, in tevuna, in eitzel, and egel Hashem. When there's no wisdom or understanding or counsel, when it's weighed against the honor of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all those things go by the wayside. In other words, the kavod that we have to show to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in following his commandments and his mitzvot supersedes that of kavod abrios. 
The Chomakam says the Gemara, based on the Paschal Mishlei, they, they teach it as follows, Chomakam Sheish, Chilol Hashem, any time where there's, you're able to profane, or as a result of your action, you will be profaning the name of Hashem, in Chokin Kavod Arav, we don't give uh, Kavod even to Otam Chacham, basically HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Kavod wins out. Okay, so far that's good. That makes sense. Gemara says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mesve, we have the following question. Kavru Asames, if one goes ahead, V'chazru, now they're, they're um, escorting the Avel back to his house after the Kavura. <clears throat> and in front of you, are, in front of the Avel, are two ways to go. Path A and Path B. One of them is a normal road, and the other one uh, weaves in and out of a, of a cemetery, and there's a kever there. Now, presumably, part of the entourage that's following him has Kohanim in it. So, Barnimo. So if the Ovel chooses to go through the park, which is Tahor, everyone follows. However, if the Ovel himself chooses now to go through the cemetery where there's other Kvaros, even a Kohen who's part of that entourage should follow the Ovel through the Makom Tumah. For a Kohen can't go into base Kvaros. He's not allowed to become Tomei. So, right, correct. We're not talking about for the family now, but normally, so you have now two paths to go. You have path A or path B. Path A is where it's completely tahor. Obviously, there's no problem going there. Now where the Ovel chooses path B, where it's going to cause some tumah for part of the entourage, and you're a Kohen, you still follow path B, even though, because it's covered for the, for the Ovel, and Nichom Avelim, which is a mitzvah, even though you're causing tumah for yourself. The Gemara is going to ask, Va'amai? Why? Why don't we just say, Why don't we say what we just said? When there's a chance for being over an Aveira and Kavar Abrios, in this case, Kavar of the Avel, if they, if they uh, contradict each other, if they clash, a Kodesh Baruch who wins out. So this is the first question they ask in Rav. Yes? Hamabas Khaver Rabim, yeah. So okay. Like so we're gonna have to see. When when does Kavar Abrios supersede? Exactly. We're, this this is exactly the sugya, and they're gonna wind up being three exceptions the Gemara is gonna give. We're gonna add a fourth from the rush, but there are three exceptions the Gemara gives. So let's see. The Gemara says basically, I don't understand. You just told me that whenever you have a direct clash between Kalish Barhu's mitzvahs and Kavar Abrios, Kavar Abrios loses. You disrobe even publicly in a public place because you're wearing shotness. But here, if you can choose either path and the Ovel chooses the Tome path, a Kohen goes ahead, even though he has, he's not allowed to, for, if it's not when the Zion crow of him, he's not allowed to go ahead and come Tome. How is that? So the Gemara says as follows. Tirgamah, Rabbi Abba, Bebesapras. He answers, this case where the path B that the mourner is choosing is not a typical cemetery. It's called the base Pras. Base Pras is a field that had a Kever, that had one person, let's say, buried in there, and it was plowed over. And the concern is that the plow <clears throat> actually went so deep into the ground that it may have disrupted the, the body, the bones that are left, and as a result, it has scattered the bones throughout the field. Now, in order for a, even a piece of bone to transmit Tumah, it has to be the size of like a, a piece of barley, Okay, has to be it has to be a, a decent size. It can't be microscopic. So, <clears throat> if you had now 
a base of pros, you have a whole, se- a whole field, and you have one kever that was plowed over. So the, the concern is that maybe the bone scattered, and anywhere you walk in that, you're going to contract tumah, because you have pieces of bones that are big enough to, to uh, convey tumah. But the Gemara says, a base pros is only a tamay midrabanan. It's only at the rabbanan level. Because midiorisa, you're not allowed to go to a cemetery. But because this was... It was so unlikely that the plow went literally six feet down and broke through the casket, or if it's there, there's no casket, but it went deep enough to actually disrupt the one that's so unlikely. So it's only Tomei Midrabanan. Because Midraisa, we assume that it's not going to uh, actually disrupt that one, that one kever. Therefore, he's saying it's a Dirabanan level. The answer that the Gemara is giving here is that if you have a Dirabanan mitzvah versus Kavad Abrios, Kavod Abrios wins out. If you have a mitzvah minatorah, then the mitzvah minatorah wins and Kavod Abrios, human dignity, loses. Again, in the hierarchy of things, we have a mitzvah minatorah, beats out Kavod Abrios, but Kavod Abrios, from this answer, now, now wins out against a mitzvah min, midrabanan. Limar says, how do I, and, and uh, concerning a base pras, Amar Rav Yud, Amar Shmuel, Minapech, Adam Beisah Pras, the Chachomim, because it's not Tuma Minatora, they allowed us to do this little formula where you go, when you walk in the Beis Pras, Beis Pras is not a cemetery. It's a field that has one kever in there. So what you do is you blow everywhere you go, and we assume that if there are little pieces of bones on top of the ground, you're going to blow them away, it's going to clear a path for you, and you're not going to become Tomei. They're big enough to make them Or then you might see them, or that you might see them. But yes, that's a special kula, but you're right. But the dispensation was only given by the Chachamim because it only starts on a mid bottom level. It's not a Torah Raisa level. If the kever is six feet under, can the coin walk through? What I'm talking about. So, if it's a cemetery, they should never walk through. So that's why I'm confused. But no, but saying, what but, if it's one no. grave and it was never right, dug? Right, right. So the, the halachas they're not supposed to walk within a hundred amos of that area. But now it's but now it's the basic process. It's not a full cemetery. You can walk on that in that area if it's not by the kever. You can walk there. It's not a full cemetery. It had it's a field that had one one kever in there, so you're able to walk there. Minatora, you're not allowed to walk there. Minatora, you can't walk there. Unless it was disturbed by this. Unless it was disturbed, correct. Correct. And it was just one We're talking about it was one cavern. It's not a full cemetery. Okay. Now, the Gemara just continues now. The other possibility is, The other thing is, the reason why you can walk here in this case is not, not answers Rabbanon is one answer. <clears throat> to prove it's Rabbanon, he's saying that because so many people have trampled over and walked over this field, it's unlikely that anything is now even more than just bone dust. In other words, it's been crushed under people's feet. Certainly not going to have the size, the requisite size, to transmit Tumah. So there's no Tumah. So, no so now, the Gemara continues. Before we, we, we go off on our tangent, the Gemara continues. Tashma, I have another question for you. Dom Rebbe Lezer Bar Tzadok. Rebbe Lezer Bar Tzadok was a Kohen. He says, Midalgin hayinu al-gabi arono shel mesim likras malche Yisrael. We used to go ahead when a king of Israel was coming, and we wanted to greet him to show kavod, we would jump over, even if there were um, um, caskets, caskets in our way, we would like leapfrog them to show our excitement for the mitzvah to be mekabel upon him and show kavod to a king. So, and I was a Kohen. And the fact that I was a Kohen, I shouldn't be allowed to go on the Aronis, but I did that anyway. Velo likras malchei bil says, Not only did we do this, did we climb 
on the caskets to see a, but even even to go ahead and give cover to a goyish king. We saw this on Daftas. So that if we are Zochet to get to Olam Haba, we'll understand what true kavod, the differentiate true kavod between a Yiddish king and a Goyish king. But the bottom line is, am I? Why were we allowed to do that? Why was we? Why were we allowed? Why didn't I? Wasn't the only Kohen. All the Kohanim did that. They jumped on the Aaron, presumably became Tomei, to fulfill a mitzvah of kavod Melech. So, right? We know that the Gemara Sanhedrin says that Som that the kavod should be, his year should be a melech that's mochel and kavod is, is not mochel. So we have to go ahead, it's not mochel. We have to show kavod to a coin, to a uh, king, sorry. So the kohanim would jump on the aronos. How? How were we able to do that? Isn't that flying in the face of a mitzvah minat Torah? In which case we said mitzvah minat Torah overrides or supersedes kavod abrios. So the Gemara says, I have an answer for that. Get the rava. The Amar rava, devar Torah, ol. Normally, normally you're right. If you touch a casket, you touch a mace, it's tame, transmits tuma, minatora. But we have a special rule dispensation by the Chachamim, and that is that if there's a one cubic tefach of anything, right, what becomes tame? Foodstuffs, utensils, or people. Those are the three things that come tame. Food, food, right, people, and utensils. Kalim. If there is a ama, sorry, a tefach of space, that's between the mace and, and you or anything that becomes tummy, that space gets, the tumma gets swallowed up and cut off in that, in that one area of open space. The aronos. The aronos. So in the aronos, between the mace and the top of the, of the aron, there's at least a tafach space. That space does not transmit tumma minatora. And therefore, when you climb on the aronos, you're not actually contracting tumma minatora. But bottom line is what we were saying that we're lowering each of these averos to a dirabanon level. And therefore, dirabanons can be overridden or overrode by kavod abrios. So to show kavod to a melech, we're able to go ahead and to override a dirabanon. So the fact that it's a base of pras, where it's this, this kever that was plowed over, or these aronos, we would think, either the cone is contracting to him up by skipping over the, the aron. No, that's all. It depends if it's a cleat summit or not, if it's if it's closed in or not. I know, the casket is, no? The casket is, but here, right, so, right, here even, but, yeah, but here it's, it's a space, there's a special Allah, that's, that's what the Gemara says here. Koshiyesh b'chol al-tefach, chotet b'nei atumah. V'she'ein b'chol al-tefach, ain't a chotet b'nei atumah. It happens to be that if there's no space, then it goes up, that tumah goes up all the way to Shemai. In other words, the air, the air rights, of that, a toma goes all the way up if there's no space that, that uh, separates it. Yesh ben Veroveronos, the majority of, of uh, caskets, Yesh ben Tafach, they have that, uh, that, that cubic space of a Tafach. And therefore, the Chachomer were Goza, if they have it, then it's, why they even Goza at all? It's not Tuma. If it's not, if it doesn't transmit Tuma, if it does, why they even Goza at all? The Rabbanon. There are Goza on those that have the Tafach because some don't have the space. And since they weren't really mechalic, they don't want you to climb on all of them thinking that this one definitely has. Some aronos were so tight that they didn't have the tefach space. So because of that, they said, don't walk on the kvarim, on, on the aronos, even that have a tefach space. So they made a gzeiro mitraban. But the bottom line is, crawling over, jumping over, climbing on, whatever it is, it's only tumat rabbanon. 
Okay, now, before we get to the next piece, <coughs> before we get to the next piece, let's just dive in a little bit about, uh, about this Kavad Abrias. The Gemara is going to bring a lot of questions. When does Kavad Abrias, human dignity, when does it supersede a mitzvah? When does it not? They're going to give three exceptions. First one we're seeing now is anything to Rabbanon. They're going to give another one we'll see tomorrow when it deals with money, mamon. And the third one is b'shev al We know that if you're doing something that's sitting back and, and, and uh, passively violating something or actively pi- violating something. We'll get to that. We'll explain it more tomorrow. But <clears throat> with that in mind, let's just, let's just tackle a couple things. First of all, unrelated to anything, we know that shatnez is a chok. There's no reason for shatnez given. I was looking at the Meshachachma this morning. I thought it was the Meshachachma. It's not the Meshachachma. I, I don't remember where I heard this, but I heard a nice little thing. But the reason why it's Uster is because the first time we see Shatnez in the Torah, it leads to death. Hevel brought from the Chelvei Atzon, Hevel brought an animal, which is linen. Sorry, which is wool. Cain was an Isha Demai, he was a farmer. He brought flaxseed, which is, which is linen. Wool and linen came together and led to the first, uh, resulted in the first murder in the Torah. Okay, now, what exactly is this, this concept of poshtan afila b'shok? When you're wearing shotnas in a public marketplace and you realize you're wearing it, you have to take it off. There's a very well-known machlokas, and if it's not well-known, it'll be well-known now, between the Rambam and the Rosh. They had different girsos. They had different texts of their Gemara. And it impacts halacha tremendously. The Rosh said as follows. He said, the Rambam, the, the Rosh says, if you look at the Gemara, it says, um, it says, if someone notices that they are wearing kalayim in their own clothes, in their own clothes, then a potion of fila bashuk, you have to take it off, even the market, even if it's going to show your tidy whities to everybody, you have to get undressed. Now, how do you notice <clears> when you're walking? How do you notice it's still clothes? All of a sudden, you, you, you notice that you, you, uh, you know, you, you, sometimes if you, if you give you the shotness here, they'll, they'll put a uh, clean, uh, the, the, you, you get a stamp. Bad. And you know, yeah, whatever it was, you were told, whatever the scenarios, you were told, or he said, I'll get back to it, I didn't get a sense to fix it, don't and wear it. nice suit, you know, <clears throat> oh, yeah, oh. Whatever it is. <laughs> it's so, new, I forgot. So the Matthias is that you're wearing, well, that would be a suffix, but assuming that you, you know you're wearing shotness, it does not apply if you see your friend wearing shotness. So all of a sudden, your friend, to Jeff's point, says, oh, I got this new Hugo Boss, the majority of Hugo Boss suits have shotness, and you tell your, and so if you see it in your friend, the rush says you don't have to, you know, jump him and, 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 and fight, rip off his clothing. If you see it in yourself, if you notice it in yourself, you have to disrobe. So he had, he had the girsa of Bivigdo. The Rambam... Isn't Bivigdo though shell off? Yeah, yours. Yeah. You're walking and you notice that you're wearing shotness. His, his the, per, the third person, the third, the third, uh, the, it's talking about the third person in the person who's walking. Talking about himself. <coughs> One second. The, we'll, we'll address that in a roundabout way. The rush clearly held that when the Gemara says it's when you become aware that yourself you're wearing, but your obligation does not necessarily impact your friend. Listen to the Lashon Rambam. The Rambam says, If you notice that your friend is wearing Kilayim, even if he's walking in a public place, you have to go there and rip it off of him. The, the Beis Yosef actually said, this is based on different girsos. 
The Raj, <coughs> Rambam did not have the word bivigdo. Rambam's girsa, <coughs> excuse me. Rambam's girsa was hamotze kelayim. Poshanafilabashuk. If you find kelayim, you rip it off. The Rush's girsa was hamotze kelayim bivigdo. Only in your own, only in your own clothing. The Beis Yosef said this is based on the difference in the girsos, and this actually is brought down the halacha. The mechaber, the, everyone goes on their party lines. And Yoradea, Simon Shin Gimel, listen to what it says. It says, Haroak, this is the mechaber of Yosef Karas being Haroak, Kalayim Shaltor al Chaveiro. Now again, we're talking about only Minatorah, Kalayim Minatorah, because we said any Dirabanon is superseded by Kavara Brios. But if you're wearing Shatnez Minatorah and you're violating the Torah, then human dignity gets pushed aside. You disrobe them even in public. So Haroak, Kalayim Shaltorah, says the mechaber, if someone's wearing full fledged Kalayim, Shatnez, Al Chaveiro, even on your friend, because again, the Mechaber always pasking like the Rambam, right? Like the, 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 the Sfard. And the Ramah always had a Ashkenazic slant. Even if it was your Rebbe. The Ramah says, oh. If he was a Shogeg, we'll get to that in a second. In If you're wearing, the Rush says as follows, only if you yourself are wearing the implication is if your friend is wearing and he doesn't know, it's just a shogeg. He doesn't know that he's doing anything wrong. Don't go ahead and embarrass him publicly. What does shogeg actually mean? Let's just take a backtrack for a second. There are two possibilities of what shogeg means. It's a very important concept there. Shogeg means if on Shabbos I am about to write, I know that either I don't know that writing Bez Osios, two letters, is a malacha, or I know that writing two Osios is a, is a malacha of Ksiva, I just don't know today that Shabbos. Those are the two possibilities what Shogig is. I don't know that the act I'm doing is Usr, but I, real, I know I'm writing, or I know that writing is Usr, I, I think today's Friday. Misasek was a very important term. Misasek is something that you don't even realize you're doing the action that you're doing. So Misasek, for example, if, if I'm literally uh, under sedation and I'm just my, someone's moving my hand or I'm literally daydreaming to the point where I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm writing, that's misasik. I don't even know that I'm doing the act. Here, Shogeg, the person is wearing shotness, but he doesn't know. So let's take the case where I'm walking and Ayal, God forbid, is wearing shotness. He doesn't know that he's a good dresser. He's wearing Hugo Boss. I'm really... Really uh, targeting Hugo Boss, I don't know why, but just happens to be they have a lot of shotness. And he's wearing a Hugo Boss suit. And he doesn't know. Would you call that shogeg or misasik? Would that be a case where. So there's a very, very well known machlokas between Rekiva Eger and the Nasiva. So Rekiva Eger says, this is a case of misasik. Everyone agrees this is misasik because he doesn't even know that he's wearing sh- shotness. If you're writing two Osios on Shabbos, you know that it's a malacha. You just don't know that this malacha is Asr, or you don't know that Shabbos. But you know you're writing. Here, he doesn't even know that he's wearing Shatnez. So Rav Akiva Eger says, um, this is a case of Masasek. It's not even Shogeg. The Rush, and Rush is in agreement that you don't tell someone. If they don't know that they're wearing it, don't disrobe him. He actually continues and says, wait till he gets home. Don't let him wear the suit forever. Once he gets home, but Sinai's in private, you can go ahead and tell him, and hopefully he'll disrobe himself. The question is, how does one view misasik? Misasik means you're doing something, you don't even know you're doing it. So that's a well-known machlokas. Is it that you're not considered that you're doing an Aveira? Or you're doing the Aveira, but you're, you're putter from Onesh because you're not doing it with the right intention? 
Again, misasek means you don't even know you're doing the, the action. So how do we define misasek? We know that misasek is pater. If someone is involved without really knowing that you're doing it, we know misasek is pater. On Shabbos, because Malachas Machshev is Asra Torah, the Torah went ahead and said the type of malacha, the type of labor that's prohibited is a constructive act. If you don't know you're doing the act, it's not constructive. You can't say I'm doing something constructively if you don't even know what you're doing, the act. If we're responsible for telling someone if we know they're doing Amazing. something wrong... Amazing. Great question. So the rush says... Fantastic. So here's the question of the rush. The rush is basically saying that what's my obligation vis-a-vis Ayal wearing now this suit? On the one hand, I have to... I have to go ahead and rebuke him. On the other hand, we have Kavar Abrios. On the one hand, he's a shave. If I do nothing, it's a shave Altaisa. I'm not doing anything. But I, I, if, if I don't do it, I'm sitting back. But he's actively violating it. So that's, the, to your point, that's the, the, the dilemma that he's dealing with. Well, I, w- I was taking it one step further. I'm saying, how do we know what their, what their knowledge is and their intention is? Great. So we, you, may, you may be doing it amazing. Yeah. Okay, so that, that I, we, can't, we, yeah, we, can't even, we can't even speak to that. Then, then it doesn't start, right? I mean, the person's going to say, leave me, whatever. Right. But assuming that the person doesn't know. Um, so, funny story. You know, we, we were in a hotel a week before, um, we were in a hotel a week before Sukkis in, in, in Israel, for Yom Kippur. And every morning, my wife and I, after, after davening, I, I meet her, she'd have a coffee, I'd have, sadly, a piece of cake, but um, every morning. And then the first morning of Sukkot, I went there and I sat in her place, indoors, I didn't realize, and this guy comes over and he goes, you know what's Sukkot? I said, oh my God, it was the first day of Sukkot, but for seven days in a row, other than Yom Kippur, I went to our spot in the dining room. And then he says, you know, my wife was debating whether I should tell you or not. She thought it rude, maybe you were sitting there purposely. I said, thank you so much. So it's better to assume that the person... Right? And of course, I got there and turned red and I went to the sukkah. But in any event. Except in the case where we covered a Prius, though. Yeah, he didn't announce it. The gates of Shatnays. Yeah, thankfully, he didn't. Because then he'd have to rip off. Right, he didn't didn't announce it on the megaphone. He'll (laughs) stop eating in the dining room. But anyway, but yes, to your point. But. I feel like I, I had my hot chocolate in the dining room. But that was okay, but I was about to eat a, something more. But I, it's, he, okay. it's a good thing you weren't wearing Hugo Boss. Yeah, correct. That would have been really bad. So anyway, so, uh, but you, you assume that the person's not doing something deliberately. So this is what the rush is dealing with. So the rush says, you, shogeg is the fourth exception. If someone's doing something bishogeg, that would also not, that would also override Kavod Abrios. This person is doing something accidentally. He doesn't know that he's wearing the, the shotness. Wait till he gets home. The Rambam would say no. The Rambam says, rip it off right away. And in fact, that's the halacha, how the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah Paskin. The Ramah Paskins that you have to follow, that you go ahead and you wait till he gets home. The Shulchan Aruch follows the Rambam. Now, it's interesting, by the way, these are important questions. A, the Ramah brings another case. The halacha. A Kohen fell asleep in a house that there's a mace. He's got undressed, he's in his uh, pajamas, and he doesn't know that in another house that, there's, that, that someone's doing Shmirah in, in another room. Do you wake up the coin? It's a practical case, right? Halakhlamai said, do you wake up a coin? So this is imp- exactly impacted by the case. Like he's, he's sleeping. But assuming, though, that he's, he's undressed. He's sleeping in his, in his uh, underwear. And his, do you say, you don't have time to get dressed. Get out of the house. You're contracting Toma. So that's what he deals with. It's a similar case. But once it's Toma ready, you can't have more Toma. Well, you don't, you don't perpetuate it, though. You don't perpetuate it, though. But no. But the question is, right now he's Bishogeg. If you tell him, once he, once he knows about it, he's not going to have time to get dressed, because then you have to get out the second you know about it. 
So that, that the Ramah passes like that. He actually says, the Ramah says, Kohen Shoshokhev Aram. He's lying naked, meaning he's wearing his, his, his boxers. Fubo Owel in my mace. And he doesn't realize he's in a house with a mace. Lo Yoda. And he doesn't even aware that he went to sleep in such a house. Ain Lahagilo. Don't tell him. Don't wake him up. Ela Yikrilo Stam. Tell him, come out. You know, I, I yeah. want to tell you something. Tell him peacefully. You know, don't wake him up and, and, and throw him out of the house wearing his. Okay, and basically, He's going along the party line. Since it's only a Tumad Rabbanon, then you can tell him nicely, you don't have to go ahead and embarrass him to, to go outside half naked. The following question is an amazing question that was posed. Listen to the insight here. <clears throat> the Nodi Behuda is a very, very famous tshuva in, in Simon 35. Listen to the scenario. A guy was, Mizana, was committing adultery repeatedly for three years with a woman. It turns out, years later, he married this woman's daughter. So it turns out, retroactively, this was an actual case, that he was committed adultery with his mother-in-law, but he never told his father-in-law. So his father-in-law was living in sin, because he was living with a woman who had committed adultery. So he posed the, this, this Mavakesh asked, he's doing tshuva now, and he asked his Rav, if I tell my, my Shver, they're a very, very Bekovedic family, it's going to be a big, big slap in the face and a big embarrassment in the community. On the other hand, on the other hand, he's living in sin. So does Kavod Abrios override the fact that he is living in sin? This was an actual Shiloh post. This is exactly our question. Okay? Now, the Rav didn't know how to answer this, so he actually posed it to, he passed it, I'll tell you the punchline tomorrow, Jeff. Yeah. So he actually punted this to Rav Cheska Lando, the Nod Mihuda. And he said, the issue he was addressing was, what happened to Gadol Kavod Abriyos, Shadokha Losase Right? Does the Kavod Abriyos override the Losase? The husband is living in sin, but it's going to be a very, very big embarrassment. So we know that there are only three times, we, the Gemara is going to say, by the Rabbanon, Kavod Abrios wins out, by Sheva Al Taisa, and by Mamon. This is not Mamon. This is not, um, this is not um, the Rabbanon. It could become Mamon. It could become Mamon, but it's not Mamon yet. Well, tomorrow, we'll get to tomorrow to explain Mamon monetary. And the line was with Sheva Al Taisa. You're allowed, Kavod Abrios overrides if you're violating the mitzvah of the Torah by, doing, by acting passively. By not going ahead and telling this, this person, you're doing the Shei Baltaisa. You're sitting back and not violating something proactively. The problem is, the father-in-law is violating something proactively. And by you not telling him, he's violating something proactively. But he doesn't know about it. So ah, so he's a show gig. So he's a show gig. So that, so he answers, he good. So he says, in the beginning, he says, I will not tell him anything. Because, because he's a show gig. And it's a Shei Baltaisa, don't say anything to him. But then Rebbe Kivarika continues, you know what? It's a problem. The husband doesn't know, but who does know? The wife knows. Who said that? The wife knows. The wife is living in sin. She too is not allowed to be... She knows that her husband can't be living with her because she was Mizana. So then he goes on to say that don't assume that all women know the halacha. Don't assume that all women know the halacha. You really... You don't... Still, I don't find any compelling reason to tell the father or the mother-in-law or don't say anything. But then he says, there's one last point. He says, if you look at the rush, this was Noi Behuda Ashkenazi, if you look at the rush, the rush's lashon is as follows. And this is, takes the godless of a Rebbe Kiva, uh, Behuda. 
he says, to quote the Rosh, the actual Lashon is that, wait, 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 209, let me find 210, sorry, here. He says that you, when you go back to your house, it says you have to tell him when he get. oh, he says when he gets back to the house, you'll tell him. Meaning, don't disrobe your friend. Right? The Rosh is the one that said, Hamotze Kalayim Bivigdo. If you find it on your own clothes, you have to disrobe. But not if you find it on someone else's. Rather, wait till he gets home and tell him Bekavadik in a, in a proper way. Doesn't mean that you let him wear the shotness forever. So too here says No Dibhuda. You have to tell him because it can't be that you let him live forever like that. You tell him in a way, everything until this point, I would say, it's a shave, Altai say, he's a showgeg. The woman doesn't, unless I know the halacha, that, that he's not allowed to live with her. But all these things, the rush doesn't say you let the person wear the, the, the shot in his suit forever. It's, it, you tell him in a certain way when he gets home that will minimize the, the embarrassment. So to here, you tell the person you're obligated to tell him, ultimately says you're obligated to tell him to, because of because the fact that you can't let him live in sin forever. And the very, very famous end of the tshuva phase, he says, no matter how many times you fast, it won't go ahead and be mechaper. He gives a very long thing about tshuva. He says, obviously, I see you. You want to be mechaper and you're doing tshuva. Good for you. And you're not going to be able to complete your tshuva process until you go ahead and inform your father-in-law. But these are examples where halach l'maysa, we'll see more tomorrow, where it comes into play, where you have kavod abrios with a direct clash with mitzvahs minatara and mitzvahs rabbanon. Have an amazing day.